This program is made possible by the members and donors to the show. For details, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from the 1700% Project, The Young Turks, Media Matters, The Onion News Network, The Colbert Report, The Daily Show, Counterspin, C-SPAN, and Real Time with Bill Maher with a bonus video clip for our Apple iOS and Android app users from The Daily Show. Awoke to signs, terrorists sprayed in red paint across their family's driveway. Terrorist on board, written on their white car. Awoke to find, freeway sign says, kill all Arabs. Elevator sign says, kill all towel heads. A Pakistani living in LA awoke to find his car scratched across the right side with the words, Nukem. Awoke to find 300 march on a mosque in Bridgeview, Illinois. 300 American flags shout, USA, USA. Mosque awoke to find a 19-year-old shouting, I'm proud to be American. I hate Arabs, and I always have. Firebomb toss. Taxi driver pulled out and beaten. Vandals in Collingswood, New Jersey attacked two Indian-owned businesses. Vandals spray-painted, leave town. Awoke to find a South Asian-American Sikh chased by a group of four men yelling, terrorist. Sikh mistaken for Muslim. Backup. Sikh man 69 shot. Body found in a canal. He had a turban on. Turban mistaken for Muslim. A vehicle of white males followed and harassed a 21-year-old female. Attackers yelled, go back to your own country. The attacker's car pinned her against another vehicle, then they backed up and ran over her again. Kimberly, a 21-year-old backup, a 21-year-old Full Blood Creek backup, Full Blood Creek Native American mistaken for Muslim. Awoke to find a Pakistani native beaten by three men. Backup. Egyptian American 48 killed point blank. Backup. Sikh man 49 shot. Shooter shouted, I stand for America all the way. Backup. A man pushing a baby stroller walked by a mosque. He stopped and started yelling, You Islamic mosquitoes should be killed. Mosquito mistaken for Muslim. Awoke to find two women speaking Spanish in a doctor's office. Another woman yells, You foreigners caused all this trouble. Spanish speaker beaten. Spanish mistaken for Muslim. Awoke to be mistaken. A woman wearing Muslim clothing was shopping. A Caucasian woman began attacking her and shouts, America is only for white people. Back up. America? Mistaken for white people? Armed man sets fire to a Seattle mosque. 300 march in a mosque in Bridgeview. Mosque in Texas attacked. Some student in Arizona State University attacked. And restaurant in Fremont attacked. Two suspects wrote die on a Persian club. A gasoline bomb is thrown through the window of a Sikh family's home, hitting a three-year-old in the head. Two women at a bagel store attacked for wearing Quranic charm around her neck. Attacker lunges and yells, look what you people have done to my people. No one in the store tried to help. Two women awoke to find an explosion from a cherry bomb outside the Islamic Center of San Diego. San Diego mistaken for Muslim. Look what you people have done to my people. 300 march on a mosque in Bridgeview, Illinois. No one tried to help. Sign says kill all Arabs. Sign says kill all towel heads. Towels mistaken for Muslim. 
No one tried to help. Vandals attacked. No one tried to help. He had a turban on. No one tried to help. Sign says, look what you people have done. Flags wave in an Afghan restaurant. 300 march against Spanish spoken at a doctor's office. Spanish mistaken for Muslim. 300 march on two women at a bagel store. Bagels mistaken for Muslim. 300 wave cherry bombs. March on 300 Sikhs hitting a three-year-old in the head. Look what you people have done. Senator Bill Ketron uh, in uh, Tennessee as a state senator has proposed a new law banning Sharia law in Tennessee. Now you have to understand there's been a lot of laws that we've told you about where they're saying, for example, in Oklahoma and, and many other states, that Sharia law cannot be considered uh, part of the, the law in Oklahoma. It cannot be imposed upon Oklahoma. Okay, which is absurd because nobody was going to impose Sharia law on the good people of Oklahoma, it's inconceivable, but they pass a meaningless, silly, rid ridiculous law, which, by the way, is also unconstitutional and was struck down by a court because they were pr singling out a particular religion. But the Tennessee law is much worse. It's, it's very different. It's saying you cannot practice Sharia law. Now, Sharia law could easily be interpreted, and rightfully so, as any way of expressing how you practice the religion of Islam. So, now you could interpret Sharia law to say, hey, the imposition uh, of religious Muslim law onto the state, or you could say the Sharia law is simply a, a human being practicing uh, Islam, a, a devout uh, person who either fasts, uh, he doesn't drink, uh, he goes to the mosque, he's praying, whatever it might be, right? So, to ban Sharia law is basically to ban Islam in that sense, right? Now, when you talk about Sharia law shouldn't be the law in a particular state or a country or whatever, there's no threat of that here in the U.S., but do I agree? Of course. I would never want to live under Sharia law. But if you say to me, hey, uh, should I ban people from practicing their religion? Well, what do you think this is? This is the United States of America. Read the First Amendment. They have, a free, they have the, the freedom to exercise their religion. It's our core freedom. No matter how much I disagree with it or Mr. Ketron disagrees with it in Tennessee. That's crazy talk. And how are you going to enforce it? First of all, one of the things that you have to do is what, if somebody's not drinking because they're Muslim, are you going to make them drink because you've banned Sharia law? <laughs> what if they're not Muslim? Are you going to make them drink anyway just to make sure they're not doing it because of Sharia law? What if they're praying? Can you tell if they're Christian or they're Muslim? And if they're Muslim, you're going to stop them. But if they're Christian, you're not going to stop them. I mean, you can begin to see the unbelievable absurdity of this law. And look, we've covered a lot of proposals 
that are that are absurd throughout the country, especially recently, the right wing on the attack. And a lot of them are unconstitutional. This is probably the single most unconstitutional law I've heard of. Now, it hasn't passed yet, uh, although Tennessee, of course, controlled by Republicans. Uh, State Senator Ketrin is, is, says he's convinced that it will pass. Uh, I, I, even the right-wingers in Tennessee, you come on. This is so unconstitutional. I, can, I don't think even they can pass this. It's crazy talk. And the enforcement of it would be outrageous. And they're banning, basically, in essence, banning Islam and the practice of Islam in Tennessee. It's America. You can't do that. It's crazy talk. By the way, as to his motivation of why he uh, uh, brought up this law in the first place, well, first of all, Ketrin says that he, he couldn't be biased against Muslims. And here's a very interesting quote. He says, quote, my daughter went to the prom with a Muslim. I want to hear from them. Oh, is that what the issue is? So always, it's not like it just popped into his head all of a sudden. His daughter went to a problem with a Muslim, and he's like, i got to figure out a way to ban some sort of Sharia law and make sure these guys aren't taking over. He's worried they're taking over his house. <laughs> they're taking over his daughter. But that guy's not taking over his daughter, and he has no intentions of doing anything I, I would imagine other than having some fun with State Senator Ketcher's daughter. <laughs> and maybe that's what's under his skin, and that's what's causing this attack. But this proposal is outrageous and obviously cannot stand. This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Danny Herrera. Yesterday, we played a little clip of Glenn Beck saying he thinks 10% of Muslims are terrorists. Well, just in case you thought that was some sort of slip of the tongue. But apparently I'm not aware of all of the media outlets that are hammering me uh, for saying yesterday that um, 10% of Islam is uh, terroristic in nature. So to put this in this perspective, mm -hmm. this is me saying, what, what is the percent of people that believe that we didn't go to the moon? Some will say it's 6%. Some will say it's 10%. Mm -hmm. But it's between 6 and 10%. Exactly. So killing innocent civilians is just like believing in nonsense conspiracy theories. Right. This is the Onion News Network. A 24-hour non-stop news assault. Cross-examination with Shelby Cross is one of our top programs here on the Onion News Network. Well, yesterday, Shelby warned us about Al-Qaeda's latest plot to populate America with patriotic, peaceful, decoy Muslims in order to get us to lower our guard. To explain more about this looming threat, former prosecutor Shelby joins us right now. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Shelby. Now, you've been telling your viewers that Al-Qaeda actually has more than 5 million decoy Muslims in our country to soften us up for their next attack. Yes, an attack they will if we don't do something. Listen. These friendly decoy Muslims are virtually everywhere, mm -hmm. walking among us, making people think, hey, 
Muslims, they're just like you and me. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason. It wouldn't be fair for the police to stop and question every Muslim that's out in public the mm -hmm. way Shelby Cross is suggesting because, ooh, that would just be racist. Yeah, well, that, that doubt is exactly what Al-Qaeda is counting on. So, so, Shelby, what can we do? Well, if you see a Muslim, I say just walk straight up to them and under your breath just say, I'm on to you. Oh. Okay, I don't care if it's a man, a woman, or an adorable little brown baby jihadist in a stroller. Oh, okay. But Shelby, you have also made it clear to your viewers that these deco Muslims can be so sneaky yeah. that sometimes you can't even tell they're Muslim. Oh, yeah, no. As They'll, 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 they'll hide as Mexicans, oh. as Puerto Ricans, oh. as, uh, as Vietnamese. I mean, mm -hmm. there's absolutely mm -hmm. nothing that would let you know that they were, in fact, secretly Muslim. Now, if, if a Guatemalan or a Mexican ever comes up to me, I just cuff them. I pat him down, and then I look right in the eyes, and I say, hey, where are you hiding your Koran, Ahmed? So, so you have to be on your guard at all times. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But listen, don't get too close to them. They're extremely dangerous in that they are very, very friendly. Mm -hmm. Very easy to become friends with them. And next thing you know, hey, you could become a, a walking decoy Muslim. Okay, Shelby, we don't want that. So, so what can we do to protect ourselves? Well, if you really suspect that you are in the presence of, of a decoy Muslim, yeah. the only sure thing you could do is actually shoot them. Now, if they start crying out in Arabic as yeah. they die, yeah. uh, right. you will know that that person is in fact a Muslim, and you were right. You saved yourself the uh, unfortunate end of being blown up. If they don't cry out that way, they're not a Muslim, and you can go ahead and trust them. Okay, but they'd be dead, Shelby. Yeah, but a, a dead man is the only man you can trust. You know that. Rule yeah. number one. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Shelby. This is why, why we fight, why we lie awake. This is why, this is why we fight. When we die, we will die with our arms unbound. This is why, this is why. By now, Muslims want to place America under Sharia law. Quranic guidelines covering everything from hygiene to diet to interpersonal relationships. It's basically a Middle Eastern version of Cosmo, except less degrading to women. But some states are fighting back, like Tennessee, where lawmakers introduced a bill that would make practicing Sharia law a felony punishable by a fine and imprisonment of not less than 15 years. Yes, I say we send those radicals to prison where nobody is ever exposed to Islam. <laughs> well, today, folks, the fight against turban sprawl moved to Congress, where New York Republican Peter King held a vital hearing on the extent of radicalization among American Muslims. It's about damn time. We have got to learn why American Muslims are so alienated. Hopefully, these hearings about how dangerous they are will make them feel more welcome. And if anyone can understand violent radicalism, it's Peter King. After all, he is a fervent supporter of the Irish Republican Army. Now, before you judge him, you have to understand, King saw his northern Irish Catholic brethren persecuted simply because of their faith. Muslim Americans have no idea what that's like. <laughs> Besides, as King points out, 
The fact is, the IRA never attacked the United States, and my loyalty is to the United States. Exactly. It's only called terrorism if you kill American civilians. If they're British civilians, I believe it's called bangers and mash. Plus, King has successfully thwarted Muslim extremism before in his actual 2004 novel, Veil of Tears, a globe-spanning thriller in which Congressman Sean Cross thwarts radical Muslim terrorists. It's a tour de force that one Amazon reviewer hailed as a book about meetings. <laughs> the cliffhanger involves a double-booked conference room. Well, apparently, King's fictional credentials don't satisfy the Imamas boys out there. If we're going to have hearings on terrorism, let's have hearings on terrorism across the spectrum, not just Muslims. To demonize one faith is very wrong. It looks like a witch trial. Hey, Chris, it's not a witch trial. It's a witch hearing. <laughs> and you know, I find it very suspicious that everyone's up in arms because they're investigating Muslims. And so does committee member Dan Lundgren. I've been there where we've examined the Ku Klux Klan, but we didn't go beyond that at that time. And when I was attorney general, we did investigate skinhead groups and militias. And uh, we were not criticized. Yeah, no one criticized those hearings, and they could have unfairly smeared all the moderate skinheads and Klansmen. <laughs> so are these hearings unfair to Muslims, or are they unfair to Peter King? By just inviting them into the room, he is risking being radicalized by one of their mystical genies. <laughs> when we return, I will sit down with Reza Aslan of the Daily Beast, an actual Muslim. Pray for me. This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Bradley Herring. This week, Glenn Beck implied that a letter condemning his Nazi rhetoric was signed solely by rabbis of the Reform Judaism movement. That most, most people who are not Jewish don't understand that there are the Orthodox rabbis, and then there are the Reformed rabbis. Reformed rabbis are, are generally political in nature. It's almost like um, uh, Islam, uh, radicalized Islam in a way, to where... It is just radicalized Islam is less about religion than it is about politics. Leaders of the largest Jewish denomination in the United States were understandably upset. And it was uh, sad and tragic that he put himself in the position of being the arbiter of who is a Jew and who isn't, who has faith and, and who does not. I mean, it's, it's absurd. It's not his place. And, uh, you know, like many others, I'm deeply distressed that he would profess to make that kind of a judgment. talk about how suspicious Americans are of Muslims. And I think he's a Muslim. Please welcome Reza Aslan. Reza, good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank now, you. I got to say, the first couple of times you were here, I was not scared of you. Okay. Now you know better. How did you manage to pull that off? Because now I know I should be suspicious of you. 
Yes, uh, I'm here to tell the truth to America. Which okay, is, but uh, isn't that what would happen today? Peter King held these hearings to find out the truth. Why are you against the truth? Uh, no, I mean, that's what I was going to say, is that the truth is, is that we Muslims have come to America to eat your babies. And, uh... Does that feel good? It does. I got it out. Mm -hmm. No, look, there is a serious problem with homegrown terrorism in this country. Absolutely. We've got the Fort Hood attack. There's no question about that. But usually when Congress tackles serious problems, they bring in experts to testify. And that's not what's happening here. What's happening is that you've got this group of individuals who are being asked to give their personal opinions about okay. matters that they are not okay, qualified to Okay, so only the elite. So you think for. only the elite should no, have an opinion. Like, no, no, you're saying experts. What I'm saying, you're saying is, is that, Let me guess, let me guess. Are you an expert? <laughs> well, it... Turns out that I did write a PhD dissertation on radicalization in, Ooh, uh, on Muslims. Ooh, so, PhD dissertation! You know, just oh no! Well, look, look, oh, if no. we were gonna have... Can you we Xerox me a copy? <laughs> <laughs> if we were gonna have, uh, like, congressional hearings on global warming, yes. we would have scientists testify, not just some random guy from Minnesota talking would, about how hot the weather is. We would you balance know, it scientists and ministers. We'd have both of them in there. <laughs> that's right. To get both sides of the argument. Absolutely. Both sides of the, of the debate, yeah. Okay. So, but you know, you 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 think that this is a witch hunt, right? That we're, no. we're demonizing Muslims. That's what you're saying. Well, I don't think it's a witch hunt. I think it's a useless enterprise. I mean, this is a serious issue, and it needs to be taken seriously. And instead, what we've got is just this kind of political stunt by a man who just keeps throwing out these ridiculous statements about how 85% of Muslims are radicalized, and he never actually bothers to actually cite any statistics or research or data. He did not say 85% of Muslims are radicalized. He said 85% of mosques are radicalized. That's right, He said, he has said that this is not targeting Muslims in general. He's also said that the vast majority of Muslims are good law-abiding citizens. What's your problem with that? That's like saying, I don't want to hang around with black people, but, you know, some of my best friends are black. I mean, it's just, it's a... Some of my best friends are black, sir. Oh, should I not have black friends? <laughs> Who's the racist now? What about you? How many Muslim friends do you have? How many uh, some of the friends? black guys could be Muslim. I don't. Yeah, ask. You don't even know. You I don't, don't want to know. embarrass them. Yes. Do their names end in X? What? No. Never mind. Uh, are you? Are you? Are you? Uh, are you a Muslim? I am a Muslim. Uh, I yeah. suspected you were. That's why I invited you here. Are we friends? Are we friends? We are very good friends. Well, then I have. Yes. Then you're you my one. Then you're my Muslim friend. I, I shall from now on be your your Reza Muslim Aslan, friend. my Muslim friend. Look, the, the issue. The issue isn't the fact that this is a, a you know a, a problem. It is a problem. But we have to take this problem seriously. And instead, what we're doing is just you know kind of giving in to this ridiculous rhetoric about about you know the enemy within and how you know the the, the radicalization of but there is of an enemy within there is an, there enemy, is within. an enemy within you can laugh it away all you want sir but some of your fellow muslims uh, have it in for the united states and so That's right. isn't it isn't it better to you know burn the entire haystack to find the needles <laughs> Well, look, I mean, should, should, we, should we have every Catholic testify against pedophilia? Of We're course not. We're not talking about Catholics here. But We're let's not talk talking about, about Catholics. Catholics here. Well, don't change the subject. We're talking about Muslims. Jeez. No, I mean, obviously, yeah, we are talking about Muslims, but we have to actually face the facts and deal with the data. And the data, as Lee Baca himself, who testified today, said, mm-hmm. is that since 2011, there have, 2001, there's actually been more violent extremist plots against the United States by non-Muslims than by Muslims. So let's actually deal with the problem at but hand. But those are all different kinds of people doing that. I know, that. it's too much. It's and No, no, I mean, listen, I mean, I I, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. You've got to take things one thing one ex- at a time, one okay? And it's hard, to, it's hard to... 
generalize about those people because they don't self-organize in the point. same way you guys do. So right? Yeah. You guys make a handy target. <laughs> if you didn't want to be a target, you should Stop make... Stop being Muslim? There you go, yeah. Easy. Why not? Let's, Eat a little pork. Let's get some bacon and some wine here. Wear let's a cross. Go to church right once in a while. <laughs> Would it kill you? You guys believe in Jesus, right? You believe in the Jesus. But look, if I'm saying that if we do, we do believe in the Jesus. Yes, you do. Uh, the, if we're going to actually deal with Muslim radicalization, yes, which is a problem, it, it is, has absolutely. to be dealt with. When were we have you, to when were you radicalized? It. We have to a uh, little after, after the show. We'll talk. Okay. Uh, but we have to deal with it as an actual problem and bring in people who actually can talk about it to talk about the data, who to talk about in? the research. Who would you have brought in? Uh, me? <laughs> I knew it! That's what I said at the beginning. This is no, all about look, getting I mean, your beak wet here. It's all about the scratch. The entire West Point you know, Terrorism Center, the people at the Triangle Center for Terrorism and Homeland uh, Security, which, by the way, have said that despite what Peter King says, almost half of all terrorist convictions in the last few years were turned in by Muslims. So this idea that Muslims are So you aren't guys can't actually, even trust each other. Well, but, but the point is wow, that, that is unbelievable. Muslims are actually believe. doing their job as Americans and actually turning in their own when they see radicalization, unlike what Peter King keeps saying. And by the way, I would just like Peter King to give me one set of data, one research, one statistic that actually proves that Muslims aren't actually cooperating. All he keeps saying is that, oh, I just, I hear it from people, which is, I, I, I've heard from people that Peter King is a dick. <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't have any data. I don't have any proof. You know what, you know what? I don't have any research. You know what? I just feel it, I feel it, I feel it. I feel it. Liz, you know what? Let's hold some hearings. Let, let's, Reza Aslan, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this show, but also consider it a valuable tool for not only aggregating, but more importantly, amplifying our view of progressive politics in the world. So if that's true, I ask you to support this work by becoming a member of the show at whatever level you're able, as anything from a basic leftist up through the ranks of socialist, communist, Satanist, or even the most reviled level of support, George Soros. I produce 11 episodes a month of fearless coverage on all the hot-button issues we face, maintaining a rock-solid schedule. So if that sounds worth supporting, please consider signing up to donate as little as $5 a month or even $55 a year. Members also gain access to bonus audio and video content that doesn't make it into the show itself. So for a concrete way to support a strong, progressive voice, please visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. I have to live with this issue. I lost over 400 people in about 150 in my district, 400 on Long Island on September 11th. I don't ever want it on my conscience that if another attack comes, I wake up the next morning and said, I back down to political correctness. He doesn't want it on his conscience. Now, that's a curious thing for Congressman King to say, because in the past, he hasn't been all that concerned about terrorism. In fact, there are reports that he has helped to fund it in the past. Now, that seems unbelievable, right? Well, actually, let me show you the facts. Congressman King was a well-known supporter of the Irish Republican Army, which is estimated to, kill, to have killed 600 civilians during its campaign to drive the British out of Northern Ireland. 
A recent Washington Post article detailed Congressman King's long, close relationship with the IRA in the 1980s and 90s. King called the IRA, quote, a legitimate force. He was, in fact, reportedly speaking as speaker at the events for NORAID, the IRA's fundraising wing. Imagine if uh, people were doing fundraising uh, for other terrorist groups these days. And an Irish judge once threw King out of a courtroom, saying he was, quote, as you just saw there, an obvious collaborator with the IRA. He was so close to the IRA, the Irish government boycotted the St. Patrick's Day Parade in New York in 85 because King was a grand marshal. Now, still not convinced that Congressman King condoned terrorism? Then get a load of what he said in a 1985 interview. Quote, if civilians are killed in an attack on a military installation, it is certainly regrettable, but I will not morally blame the IRA for it. Interesting how it's all kind of relative. If the IRA does the terrorism and civilians are killed, well, he's not going to morally condemn them. If some Muslim radicals did terrorism 10 years ago, he's going to investigate all Muslims. King still defends his support of the IRA to this day. Now, this is the man leading hearings on whether American Muslims have become too radicalized? Is this idea of a sick joke? On Capitol Hill, 46 House Democrats are now criticizing King's planned hearings. In a letter, the Democrats say the hearings, quote, unfairly stigmatize and alienate Muslim Americans and call on King to examine all forms of violence motivated by extremist beliefs, not just related to Muslims. This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Tyrone Gale. Hope is alive, ladies and gentlemen. Glenn Beck has actually apologized for his comments about Reform Judaism. There's no way you're never going to be wrong. There's no way you're never going to say something stupid. But the people around your cubicle, and you happen to be around my cubicle, have to know that when you make a mistake, for honor's sake, you correct it and you don't hide from it. And you go, man, was I stupid. And I was ignorant. And I apologize. The group Jewish Funds for Justice released a statement shortly afterward saying Beck's apology was welcome, but incomplete. Quote, while we are heartened to hear him recognize his ignorance, he still has not acknowledged that the letter signed by 400 rabbis and organized by Jewish Funds for Justice represented a cross-section of denominations, including Orthodox, Conservative, Reconstructionist, and Renewal rabbis. We're joined by senior British correspondent John Oliver. John, uh, you heard Peter King. He's essentially arguing, essentially arguing the IRA, uh, not a terrorist group. Yep, I heard that. And as he said himself, John, the IRA weren't perfect. But then, who is? I have to wear glasses. Uh, you've got that weird thing on your back. Uh, the IRA killed a couple of thousand people, hundreds of them civilians. We all have our flaws. <laughs> But how do they, I mean, he talks about, they, 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 this guy should be investigated because uh -huh. he didn't denounce Hamas. Right. How did the IRA differ from Hamas? Oh, they are completely different, John. For a start, the IRA was a cause that Peter King agreed with. Um, also, they like different foods. They speak totally different languages. Plus, Hamas is an Islamic organization. They don't drink. The Irish have a slightly different policy on that. <laughs> And then, of course, there is also this. Ah! 
I, what does that have to do with the IRA? Oh, nothing, John. I just think it's breathtaking. <laughs> but look, I mean, the, the, the IRA is known to have murdered people by planting bombs in bars. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They were, they were just trying to bring down military helicopters, John. And the only way they could do that was by hitting them with the roofs of English pubs. The bombing at Harrods department store in 1983 killed innocent civilians. How is that a military target? Uh, okay. The IRA had intelligence that Harrods was developing chemical agents, spraying them on people as soon as they walked in the door. Yes, that just turned out to be a perfume counter, but mistakes are made in the fragrant fog of war. And anyway, what do you care? No, it's not like it was Macy's. Oh, so that if, if America is not attacked, it's not terrorism, according to Peter King? Oh, no, 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 no. John, what he's saying is, if America isn't attacked, who gives a <laughs> John, I remember growing up in Britain during those attacks and thinking at the time, this can't be terrorism because it isn't happening in the United States. John, Peter King is simply abiding by the age-old proverb, if a tree falls in a forest and doesn't land on an American, then did that tree really fall? Think about it, John. But what, what, if, what if the tree did fall on an American? Then that whole forest is accountable for what that tree did and must be felt. Felt. Cut it down. March 11th Wall Street Journal editorial defended Peter King's congressional hearings on Islamist terrorism against critics who say they're McCarthyite. The journal editors argue that since 9-11 there have been 50 known terrorism cases hatched on American soil, and they suggest that all of the plots have been inspired by jihadism. To bolster their case, the journal cited a 2010 RAND Corporation report on domestic terrorist plots, especially this finding, quote, all but two of the plotters were Muslim, and those two sought to offer their services to al-Qaeda, close quote. This all leads the journal editors to conclude so much then for the notion that it is bigoted for Mr. King to focus on Muslim radicalization. This is where the current threat lies. But the journal editors are totally misrepresenting the RAND report, which was exclusively about Muslim radicalization and jihadism, not about domestic terrorism in general, as the editors implied. And as the RAND report clearly states, the vast majority of homegrown terrorist attackers, those of all ideologies who successfully carry out an attack, are not Muslim. RAND found that of the, quote, 83 terrorist attacks in the United States between 9-11 and the end of 2009, only three were clearly connected with the jihadist cause, close quote. 
The other jihadist plots referred to by both the report and the Wall Street Journal were disrupted by authorities, quite often because those authorities themselves helped generate them. So, back on Earth, the RAND report actually says pretty much the opposite of what the Wall Street Journal editors say it says. This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Tyrone Gale. This week, Peter King, chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, will hold hearings on the radicalization of Muslim Americans. A broad coalition of civil rights leaders has objected to the hearings, comparing them to Joe McCarthy's communist witch hunts in the 1950s. So which side do you think Fox News is on? I, I want to have a situation where Muslim leaders step forward and push aside groups like here and show the type of moderate leadership that the overwhelming majority of good Muslim Americans support. But you'd think, Congressman, that everyone would be behind you on this. I mean, people were after 9-11, and yet it's become political this time around. But as Fox's Liz Trotta said over the weekend... Because we like to think that we do some real groundbreaking reporting here, and that we don't take things that are handed to us on a plate, and that we don't have an agenda on the, uh, that, as the New York Times does. Right. Let me close with a true story, but remember that it's only one of many American stories that could be told. Mohammed Salman Hamdani was a 23-year-old paramedic, a New York City police cadet and Muslim American. He was one of those brave uh, first responders who tragically lost his life in 9-11 attacks almost a decade ago. As the New York Times eulogized, he wanted to be seen as an all-American kid. He wore number 79 on the high school football team at Bayside, Queens, where he lived. He was called Sal by his friends. He became a research assistant at the Rockefeller University and drove an ambulance part-time. One Christmas, he sang Handel's Messiah in Queens. He saw all of the Star Wars movies. And it's well known that his new Honda was the one that read with the young Jedi license plates. Mr. Hamdani bravely sacrificed his life to try to help others on 9-11. After the tragedy, some people tried to smear his character solely because of his Islamic faith. Some people spread false rumors and speculated that he was in league with the attackers because he was a Muslim. But it was only when his remains were identified that these lies were exposed. Mohammed Salman Hamdadi was a fellow American who gave his life for other Americans. His life should not be identified as just a member of an ethnic group or just a member of a religion, but as an American who gave everything for his fellow Americans. Are you back?
He is a second-term U.S. representative from Minnesota's 5th District and is the first Muslim in the U.S. Congress. Please welcome the Honorable Keith Ellison. <laughs> Congressman, how you doing tonight? Take it in there, Bill. Thanks okay. For me. So you've, uh, you're, you're all put together now. I saw you yesterday. Yeah. You were very, very emotional, and I think people were with you. Did you watch the Congressman yesterday? And I'm not usually a fan of public crying or even the way the Miami Heat do it, but, uh, but <laughs> I was with you yesterday. So uh, you testified, of course, about uh, Congressman Peter King's looking into the radicalization of, of American Muslims. Let's, let's, let's get first to what we agree on. I would say, and I think you would too, that one, there are elements of McCarthyism in that. Uh, two, that there are other terrorist problems in this country besides the Muslim problem, and perhaps most troubling, that a hearing like this causes the thing it is trying to prevent. Would you agree with all that? We're on the same page so far. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember, I, I remember vividly when you went on Glenn Beck's show, and the first thing he said to you was, Sir, tell me why I should think you're not with the enemy. Yeah, he did that. Yeah. And how you, what, what, I mean, I don't want to make you cry again. No, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm well composed right now. Okay, but I mean, what does a thing like that make you do or feel? Well, you know, that one surprisingly made me laugh. You know, uh, I didn't get particularly emotional about that one. It was absurd and ridiculous. And, um, but, it, you know, the fact is, is that Glenn Beck, I know that there, uh, I know he's potentially dangerous, I believe. But he also is somewhat um, ridiculous and comical. But hearings like this, congressional hearings, uh, are very serious and have uh, the potential to do real damage. So I think just um, a lot of the things that came together at the hearing, particularly meeting Talat Hamdani, uh, who was sitting right there in the hearing room, and you know, really kind of, I don't know, uh, brought the emotion spiking at that point. All right, so, but l let me ask you this. Peter King, his title is Chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee. Yeah. Uh, you would agree that this is his job. I mean, he, he did quote yeah. a trend, which I think is true, that between May of 2009 and November 2010, uh, there were more arrests made of jihadist terror plots than in the previous seven years. He said yeah. al-Qaeda is recruiting from the Muslim community. If they were recruiting from the Irish community... I'd look into that. He's doing his job badly, but um, doing. But this is what the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee should do broadly. The, yes, and then I said that in my testimony as well that it is the business of the Homeland Security uh, Committee to engage violent extremism, uh, no matter what religion or ideology it may happen to be driven by. So I don't question that. But I do. But he he used the Irish example. Well, you know, I don't think you investigate the Irish. You investigate, um, you know, the IRA, perhaps. Uh, you investigate the mafia, but not Italians. You investigate the Ku Klux Klan, but not Christians. I mean, th that uh, is m the heart of my objection, uh, is that he casts an extremely wide net uh, and therefore uh, basically uh, undermines what he says he's trying to do, which is... And what, what about his... What about his claim that 80 to 85 percent of mosques in America are controlled by radical imams? Where, where is he getting this information, and what percentage of mosques do you think 
are controlled by radical imams. Well, it's an absurd uh, claim. He can't back it up. And uh, you ask me where he's getting it. I, I have no idea. And he has not come forth and said where he received this figure from. Uh, as a matter of fact, he had an excellent opportunity to call a witness who could testify to the authenticity of that statistic. But he didn't. You know, he didn't call any law enforcement witnesses at all. The only law enforcement witness came from the minority caucus, the Democrats, Sheriff Lee Baca, who did a fine job. But the people he, he called told emotional and important stories about family members who had been radicalized, but no facts that you can build policy around. So his, the numbers he's throwing around are bogus. But what I find is that, you know, it's common for people to throw around baseless statistics. Uh, and uh, then when people say prove it, uh, they, they change the subject. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, he, he did not call anybody from the FBI, the CIA, Nobody. or Justice. Homeland Security. He teabagged this committee is really, I think, the way to put it. And, you know, as someone who is, I am a citizen who's interested in the answer to this question. I didn't yes. get it because I would have liked to heard from those agencies, you know, the people who are actually working on the problem. Right. Okay. So we agree he's an asshole. But um, yep. let's talk about you. I found, I didn't know this before I was reading this. You uh, were not raised uh, in the Islamic religion. You converted uh, yes. as a young man. I didn't even know you went to prison. No, I'm joking about that. Um, <laughs> But, <laughs> college, Bill. College. I know. College. But, uh, but I mean, as someone who was also raised Catholic and, yep. and uh, have gotten rid of that, why did you switch? Why did you switch brands? <laughs> you know what? I I can't claim that I was um, ever the most um, uh, devout practicing Catholic. I was raised in a Catholic household. Went to a Catholic school. Went to all boys Catholic high school, Detroit U of D High School. Go Cubs. But, um, you know, I, I, uh, I just was looking for, uh, I was interested in social justice, social change uh, when I got on campus. And I found people who were working on those things, like the anti-apartheid struggle and things like that. Uh, happened to also, uh, some of them were Muslim. And, you know, I went to the mosque one day. I liked what I heard about a message of inclusion, social justice, uh, all races, all colors in the room. Uh, and I started investigating, and I've been a Muslim since I was 19, so it works for me. Uh, I do believe that religious pluralism is a key component of the human experiment, experience, at least it should be, uh, and that we need to have respect for the people who are believers and non-believers. I'm uh, proud to represent a group of people in my district who are non-theists, and whenever we have interfaith roundtables, we invite them too, because... We think they have important things to contribute to the dialogue. Right on. Um, so let me, let me get to the part where I think you, you may not agree with me, which is uh, I do agree that there are other uh, groups that pose a terrorist threat to this country. There are right-wing militias uh, who are nutty and the Ku Klux Klan and uh, abortion bombers and yep. Timmy McVeigh types. I would say that the threat from potentially from radicalized Muslims is a unique and greater threat. It is the greatest threat. So let me give you the reasons why I jotted down why. One, it's been going on a thousand years, this problem between Islam and the West. We are dealing with a culture that is in its medieval era. Uh, it comes from a hate-filled holy book, the Koran, which is taken very literally by its people. 
uh, they are trying to get nuclear weapons. I don't think Tim McVeigh would ever have tried to get a nuclear weapon because I think right-wing nuts, they think they love this country and they are not trying to destroy this country. They want to get it away from the people they see as hijacking it. That's different than Muslim extremists who want to destroy it. Uh, and also it's a culture of suicide bombing, which is hard to deter from people who want to kill themselves. Well, I tell you, Bill, I think that you should investigate this issue a little more because I think that you're, you're lumping together things that shouldn't be lumped together and you're casting a very wide net uh, and uh, therefore coming to the wrong conclusions. First of all, uh, when you talk about they're trying to get uh, nuclear weapons, are you referring to Iran? Are you, who are you talking about? Al-Qaeda? I think anyone who is I mean, influenced by Al-Qaeda and the statements of Osama bin Laden, and that's... Yeah, but, talk yeah, but, but Muslims aren't. I mean, there's 1.4 billion no, no, Muslims in the course. world. Of no, course. No, no, one, no one is disputing that the vast, yeah. vast, giant majority of Muslims are not the problem. We're talking about a very small percentage, but it, it just takes one. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about terrorism. And obviously there is something that is going on that they're getting from the Koran. Have you read Sam not, Harris's book, The End of Faith? You, they're he not says, getting it from the Koran. You know, Bill, I, I'm glad. Let's, let's use this point for a moment. Because as you know, as a student of religion, you know, you can, their books are complex. They're compiled uh, and, and, and taking them out of context is a very easy thing to do. Uh, I've heard this many times, and I don't buy it. I'm sorry. Well, Sam Harris says, on almost every page, the Koran instructs observant Muslims to despise non-believers. That's absurd, ridiculous. And he quotes true. it. It's Am untrue. I getting the wrong translation? Because that's what every Muslim always be. tells me. No, really? you must be. I, I, I would so A lot of bad translations, then. Well, why don't you read the part where it says that anyone who takes a life is as if he killed the whole world, and anyone who saves a life is as if he saved the whole world. What about the one where it says that, the, that there be no compulsion in religion and that it's literally wrong? Well, then where, where are the terrorists state? getting it's their there. instructions from? They're, well, getting like, for, they're getting it from like something any, else. Like any ideologue, they will take things out of context to do what they want to do. If you listen to terrorist rhetoric, Bill, what they do is they cite politics. They cite political grievances. They don't really use too much religion. As a matter of fact, when you find Muslims who reject Terrorism, as I do and almost everyone does, it often is for spiritual and religious reasons and moral reasons. But when people want to justify it, they justify it on political reasons. This is well documented. Check out the Gallup poll. Check out people who've studied this stuff. One of the things that I think we can do to undermine terrorist ideology is actually to use people who know the Quran and to go after people like Anwar al-Awlaki who misquote it, misuse it, and don't really understand okay. it. So, I hope I, that happens. All right. Thank you for joining us, Congressman. Thank you. I appreciate your time. This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Danny Herrera. A new Media Matters report details how Fox News slanted its coverage of Peter King's controversial hearings on American Muslims. According to the report, Fox News gave triple the airtime to supporters of the hearings compared to opponents. And some of the hard-hitting questions from Fox News hosts? And I wanted to give you a chance to respond. I, uh, from everything that I've been reading, you're not going after the Muslim community. But do you look at groups like CARE as counterproductive here in America to uh, uh, sending the wrong message to, youth group, uh, to young Muslims in America?
While politicians like Peter King and many journalists assure they only want to fearmonger about Muslims because they're worried about domestic terrorism, both have shown a telling disinterest in an actual case that meets that definition. Federal agents arrested Kevin Harpham on March 9th, charging him with placing a bomb along the route of a Martin Luther King Jr. Day parade in Spokane, Washington. At the time, we noted media's avoidance of the story, despite the fact that law enforcement said the device found in a backpack shortly before the parade was operational, sophisticated, and intended to inflict multiple casualties, the case got much less attention than plots involving Muslims or Arabs that were far less advanced, like the 2010 Times Square bombing attempt. In reporting Harpam's arrest, the New York Times noted that investigators do believe the bomb attempt was racially motivated, that they're treating it as domestic terrorism, and that the suspect, who they're not sure acted alone, has been linked to the neo-Nazi National Alliance. It's very hard to believe that if only Harpam's ethnicity and belief system were different, the paper would have noted all of this on page one, rather than page 20. He said, son, when you grow up, would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten and the damned? As an anti-consumerism advocate, I'd like to encourage you to shop less, don't buy things you don't need, and only buy the necessities from local, independently owned businesses. That said, if you don't take this good advice, then at least there's a way to shop that helps support this show at the same time. Simply click through to Amazon.com, just one of the major companies under constant boycott by one liberal cause or another, from the banner posted at bestoftheleft.com. Better yet, click through just once and bookmark that link to use every time you shop. Your shopping experience will be identical to normal. It will cost you nothing extra, but 7 to 8% of the cost of your order in soulless corporate blood money will be siphoned off and used to tremendously support the production of this show. Thanks for doing the right thing, whatever you consider that to be. New York Congressman Peter King. You may remember the last time King was worked up about the Park 51 Cultural Center near Ground Zero and its leader, Imam Ralph. The Imam himself, who poses as a moderate, yet he was saying after 9-11 that the U.S. may have brought on the attack itself. Uh, he also refused to say whether Hamas is a terrorist organization. And as a result of that, I believe there should be a full investigation of the funding and of the imam himself. And so it is ironic, as Peter King launched hearings today in Washington, investigating whether the American Muslim community is doing enough to root out terrorists. Because as it turns out, King has some hands-on experience rooting for terrorists. Years ago, King was a major advocate for the Irish Republican Army, which the U.S. and British governments had labeled a terrorist organization. Huh? Walk of shame time, King. Cue the mea culpa and his resignation of his post as chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee. Go. Those who saw your IRA past look at this and say, you're a hypocrite. Right. Uh, people who say that are uninformed. Oh, that's right! He's a Republican! They don't fall, they double down! <laughs> ah, I see your charges of hypocrisy, and I raise you a go yourself. <laughs> the left, they fold their hand before they even look at their cards! NPR executive gets secretly videotaped behaving exactly as you would imagine an NPR executive to behave praising Madeira wine and on the Tea Party? Gone! Van Jones get caught signing a truth petition. Gone! Shirley Sherrod gets caught not doing anything. Gone! 
Peter King wants to spearhead an investigation of American Muslims who he feels are too sympathetic to a group that has killed civilians with bombs, whilst having actively supported a group that killed civilians with bombs. What the fool? First of all, the IRA never attacked the United States. Yeah. England. <laughs> what was your next point? Secondly, the IRA, uh, which had a far from perfect record, but it was not their policy to attack civilians. Okay, maybe it wasn't their policy, but it sure seemed to kind of become a hobby. <laughs> if the IRA was so fundamentally different from Islamic terrorism, why is it Glenn Beck could have connected them to the PLO in less than half a chalkboard as early <laughs> as 1972? The PLO, well-informed sources say, provided the IRA with large quantities of weapons and trained men in Libya and Lebanon since February 1972. Congressmen? Huh? I didn't agree with everything they did, but they were a force that was there. They were a force that was there? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they, they killed civilians, but you know, in my defense, they did occupy space and time. My name is Jeffrey Kessler. I'm from Long Beach, California. I wanted to make a late response to the religion episode. I definitely understand people who wish to avoid religion, but if progressives are not going to participate in religions, then religions will continue to be organized by people with conservative mindset, no matter what the liberal words of Jesus say. In one of the clips, the speaker set up religious people and atheists back in. Good guys. It was an offhand comment, and I'm probably putting too much emphasis on it, but as long as progressives choose to absent themselves from religion, the debate within religion to be a force for progressive change won't happen. And there are religions with strong progressive congregations that are active in social justice issues. The Unitarian Universalist, the religion I belong to, is, is a strongly active in progressive causes. You can visit standingonthesideoflove.org to see how people have been organizing to harness love's power to challenge exclusion, oppression, and violence based on sexual orientation, gender identity, immigration status, race, religion, or any other identity. The Standing on the Side of Love campaign started after the 2008 shooting at the Tennessee Valley Unitarian Universalist Church. Even if you don't want to participate in a religion, check out the website to find resources and campaigns near you. Unitarian Universalism is a non-credal, not requiring any specific theological belief. Many congregations support non-Christian beliefs such as Buddhism, pagan, Jewish, humanist, ag agnostic. There's seven shared principles that you can find at uua.org. I want to close with the founding statement of my church in Long Beach, California, and these words were written almost 100 years ago, and I find them to be extremely powerful. The religion of this church is free, not creed-bound, scientific, not dogmatic, spiritual, not traditional, universal, not sectarian. It stands for the realization of the highest moral and humanitarian ideals of the world's noblest teachers and the cultivation and dissemination of the spiritual qualities of reference, peace, and love. Thank you very much for this opportunity, Jay. Bye. Hey, Jay. My name is Brendan, the contractor from Portland. I have a couple topic requests. One, animal rights. I believe they're just important, as important to think about as people. And two, diet. This country's food consumption is incredible and unbelievable. I'm proud to say that my company, Rockstar Remodel, is a completely vegan company, but sad to say that it might be the only vegan remodeler in Portland. 
I strongly urge anyone concerned about diet to check out the documentary Forks Over Knives. If we ate better, we wouldn't need medicines or surgeries. P.S. I absolutely love Jamal from Death Row. He's incredibly insightful, and criminal history has no impact on someone's voice. This country is overtaken by bigger criminals than anyone in prison. Thank you very much. Hello, this is Jamie Cobb from Santa Fe, New Mexico, and this is an activist call to action. I'd like to ask people to support the Freedom Box Foundation. You can get to their website at freedomboxfoundation.org. And Freedom Box is the name that they give to a personal server running free software operating system with free applications designed to create and preserve personal privacy. Uh, with all the things happening this year uh, in terms of politics and the Internet, I think you can see how this would be a very useful thing if it was out there and more available for people to use. Have a great day. Hey Jay, Liz from Brookings, South Dakota here. I just listened to episode 426, which was about the public education system. And I was very thankful for this episode. There is so much flaws in the system that it needs to be paid attention to. If anybody has kids in school, they need to pay attention. What we can do would be helping them learn at school, or at home, excuse me. Education begins at home. It is important to reinforce everything they learn at school, at home. Turn your TV off and let your kids read a book. Teach them things. Play with them. They learn through interaction. Stop pressuring them to be the most social, but the more educated. The other thing is, is in South Dakota, our governor is trying to cut the school budgets by 10%. That would be more than a million dollars for the school districts my two daughters attend. You need to contact your legislators and let them know that education is important to you and your family. This is important. This would be my call to action. Since you asked for that, call to action would reform education. Thank you so much. I really enjoy your episodes. Keep up the good work, James. I don't really have a place to say this uh, comment, but it's John from the left coast of Portland, Oregon. I'm sick and freaking tired of all these wars. We have to go into another one now? Yeah. I mean, come on. Really? Man, come on. Okay, that's about all I can give you, because I am so freaking tired of these wars. Have a good day. You did great work, Jay. Hey, Jay. I know I'm a few episodes behind, as usual, but um, I wanted to respond to the girl from UM who suffered the date rape. I'm a former or current UM alumni, and um, when I was working there as a freshman, I was sexually harassed on the job by a male coworker. And um, I never reported it because I didn't think I would be able to have anything done about it. And um, I was a total idiot because I just really wanted the whole episode to be over. Um, he was a University of Michigan bus driver, so I'm sure you can imagine how often I got to see him even after we stopped being coworkers. We were, I was about to leave that job, I think is why he tried what he tried. But um, after he saw me on the bus a few times, he started sending me emails. I was just really stupid at the time and didn't save them because I was just too upset over it. So I just wanted to tell her, um, I really, 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 10 million times, thinks that the university would not stand by you and that you weren't able to prove your case. So 
button. I wanted to give you some hope and tell you it does get better and that I'm really, 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 really like 20 times more um, proud of you for even trying to stand up to you again. Um, and I'm sorry that that's what happened to you, but take courage that you are a brave woman and that you did stand up and that you did speak out because I was encouraged to do so and I didn't and I totally regret it. That guy is probably still running around, still touching people inappropriately. <laughs> so... Stay strong out there, girl. Be a good feminist. And know that there are other good feminists out there that may not have been as um, strong as you were. So hopefully that makes you feel better, if nothing else. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to all those who called into the voicemail line. If you would like to leave a comment, question, or activist call to action yourself to be played on the show, the number to dial is 206-202-3410. And boy, do I have news for you guys today. This is huge, gigantic, earth-shattering news. The biggest news maybe I've ever had, and I'm not even joking. Uh, first of all, I will say that nothing is changing about the show. Uh, everything you know and love about the show is staying exactly the way it is. Same number of episodes, same... Audio, music, quality, and on and on. Uh, What is changing is that I'm adding something, not taking anything away. I'm adding to the show what I'm referring to as a pseudo-video version of the show. And I've actually already started this. I just didn't tell you about it. So for the last four episodes, and this will be the fifth, I've been uh, producing via YouTube a, a video version of the show. Well, a pseudo-video version, as I said. And this idea came about very naturally because the idea was originally not to make a video version of the show, but to make individual clips from the show more easily available online. Um, individually, obviously. So I, I wanted to make the individual clips available so that you guys, if you wanted, could share individual clips rather than uh, you know, if you heard one thing you liked and you wanted to share this with someone, uh, you could send them the link to my show and say, okay, now fast forward to the 37-minute mark and listen for five and a half minutes. Like, may, you could do that, but it would be much, much easier if I just made all of the clips individually available and so you could pick out exactly the one you want and then share it around and go wild, you know, let it go viral and so on and so on. So that idea parlayed uh, pretty quickly into the idea to post the individual clips on YouTube. And so, you know, it's a really easy way to do it. It's a ubiquitous system. Uh, everyone knows how to use it. It's they're embeddable, they're shareable, linkable, um, and, and everyone's familiar with it. So, uh, and it's free by the way. <laughs> so, so it, it made a lot of sense to do it that way. And so I thought, okay, so for each episode, I'll post all of the individual clips on YouTube and then they'll be available that way. And then just, it only took a a half step more than that. My friend, uh, Aaron Wysocki, who's on staff over at the Young Turks, he's their uh, online uh, media web marketing genius, told me something about YouTube I had no idea about, which is that you can create YouTube playlists. And so the, the basic idea is all of the clips that I post for an individual show, I can arrange them into a playlist so that they actually play automatically one clip to the next to the next in the same way that my show runs. So so that's what it is. So if you go to youtube.com slash the best of the left, uh, or of course you can go to the show notes of this show and any future episode that's going to have this, you'll see 
the uh, playlists for the videos that mm-hmm. I use in the show. So if, if the clip, for instance, came from an audio source, well, it's it's on YouTube. It's theoretically a video, but you'll really just hear the audio and there's an image there to show you what you're listening to, but that's about it. But for the sources that are actual video sources, uh, like take for instance, uh, there was that great clip, the very first clip you heard in today's show, uh, the uh, 1700% uh, percent project Mistaken for Muslim. Uh, it was kind of a, you know, rap poem sort of thing. Uh, well, there's a whole music video that goes along with that that you didn't see, but that is part of the YouTube playlist for this episode. So I think you're getting the idea. Uh, it's pretty exciting. I'm excited to hear uh, what you guys think about it. You know, some of you will, I think, jump at the opportunity and love it. Some of you couldn't care less, and that's okay too. Um, but regardless, it is now available. It is uh, ongoing. It is part of my regular uh, workflow these days. Every time I post a new episode, I'm also posting uh, YouTube playlists and the show notes now link. Uh, Each individual clip is linked so you can find an individual clip on YouTube to share or you can go straight to the playlist and, you know, watch through all of them and so on and so on. It's all it's all there. It's very simple. Go wild. So that's it for today. I just need to thank a couple members, of course. Susan H. signed up for a leftist membership and paid for a full year in advance back on uh, August 25th. And Nicholas C. uh, also signed up for a uh, leftist membership paying by the month, signed up back on May 21st and has stuck with the show ever since then. So huge thanks to Susan and Nicholas and all the members and donors who keep the show going. Uh, Not only could I not do it without you guys, today is a really great example of what it means to be able to do this show full time instead of as a hobby uh, when I'm given the time to uh, to do the show properly like members allow me to do I actually have a chance to innovate and change and do new things and add add stuff to, to the show so I, I hope to never stop doing that and continually make the show uh, better for you guys and uh, and I, I think this is a really big step in a direction that I see the show heading so I'm really excited about it. I hope you guys are too and uh, and continue to want to support the work I'm doing uh, and so on and so on. So of course, you can stay tuned into the show between episodes on Facebook and Twitter, get details about the show itself and including links to all of the original source clips individually and the music used in the show. All of that is always posted in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast coming to you 11 times a month. Thanks entirely to the members and donors of the show from bestoftheleft.com. Oh, oh, oh.